What's up guys? Welcome back to my channel, The Practical Therapist. So for all of my parents out there and any therapists who may be watching this video, whether you're a speech therapist, occupational therapist, physical therapist, or another type of therapist, today's video is going to talk about what to do with leftover toys and how you can use those toys as icebreakers. Now, I don't know about you all, but for me as a therapist, I've had plenty of cases where I've walked into a house and I've had my ball, my bubbles, all my traditional therapy toys, my cars, my trucks, my doll babies. And I present all these different things to a new patient. And literally my new little person is just staring there, looking at me with this like dead serious look on their face. Like, I don't care about those bubbles. I don't care about that truck. I'm not trying to play with you. I'm going to sit here and sit on mommy's lap or hide behind daddy's leg. And I'm just going to stare at you for about an hour. and I'm going to wait for you to leave. That has happened to me. And so as a parent, I know that can be frustrating because you're looking at this particular incident as time wasted. Like, man, my child could be doing X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I'm having to spend all this time trying to get them acclimated to the therapist. As a therapist, that can be frustrating as well because you feel like, man, I'm not making progress. And, you know, how many more sessions is it going to take for this child to warm up to me? So what I've learned to do in my oh, 17 years of practice now is learn to take toys that are obscure or things you don't typically come across and use those in therapy as icebreakers to pretty much pique the child's interest. So what, what I have over here literally are some party favors. So one of my children, I'm talking about my own biological children that I gave birth to, one of my kids, um, she had her birthday party back in March, and it was a gang of kids that came to her birthday party because she's like friends with everyone in her class. So she wanted to make sure I had enough party favorites for her birthday party. And I bought so many that I had lots and lots of leftover party favors. So I'm going to show you guys some of the different things that I purchased. So we have this paddle here. Here's a green one. And these paddles came in all different colors. I think all the kids took the red and purple ones, but I do have green, orange, and let's see, a yellow one left here. And I got these little spinny toppers here. And I'm just get it close so you guys can see. Oops, let me turn it that way. So these little spinny toppers here. And I thought this was really cool too. This is a Rubik's Cube. Old school Rubik's Cube. So if you're in your 40s like me, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to even try to put this one together. I was kind of playing around with it before I got on camera. But when you take the time to put this Rubik's Cube together, it makes the face of a monster on each side, which I thought was pretty cool. So here, here's a monster with multiple eyes. Here's another one. Here's another one, another side. Here's one more side here. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. A little monster. So I bought these party favors actually from, I want to say Five Below. It was a combination of Five Below and Party City, just running around that, that week before my daughter's birthday, trying to get everything squared away. But um, once the birthday party was over, I realized I had all of these different party favors and I was looking at them like, okay, well, you know what? I can't re-gift them. Um, what can I do with them? And I started thinking about therapy. I started thinking about, you know, all of the different kiddos that I've come across where some kids, again, you know, they warm up to me automatically. They're already in my therapy bag, digging through things, trying to figure out what they want to play with. But for my 
little guys and girls who are more reserved, who are like, oh, I don't trust you. I don't know what you're about to do. Or, you know, I have to think about it from their perspective. Maybe this is um, a patient who spit so much time in and out of different specialist office, um, having different specialists come to the house or, you know, just in general, their experience with other adults outside of their immediate family hasn't been a, a positive one. Could be a lot of, you know, sticking with needles, drawing blood, um, sitting in um, a doctor's office setting, you know, where they're uncomfortable, they're scared. So seeing someone come to the house with scrubs on, even if it's, you know, little friendlier scrubs with cartoon characters on them doesn't necessarily put them at ease. So what I've decided to do is bring out these different, what I call leftover party favors or more obscure items. And what I may do is put them in a see-through bag like this. And then as I'm like, for example, getting out my notepad or my phone to get ready to record something or talk to the parents, I'll let these different little toys accidentally spill out of my bag to where the children can see them. So again, they can see them and the bag is open. Typically I'll leave the bag open where the child can pull up an item like this, like the Rubik's Cube. And I know that nine times out of 10, just the look of this from a visual standpoint may pique the child's interest. Texturally, it may pique the child's interest. Same thing with the paddle here, just the bright colors. Again, just the string, the little ball that hangs on the end there, the color, the happy smiley face, just these different elements may put the child at ease. For this here, um, I've seen kids pick this up and then they'll look at it, the little spinner, they'll look at it with this confused look on their face as they're turning around, they're turning it over and over and over trying to figure out, well, how do I play with this? What do I do with this? And then I'm sitting there watching a child. I haven't tried to take the item away from them. I haven't asked for the item. I just let them explore it. And then eventually, because the child knows it came from my therapy bag and it belongs to me, I've had kids who initially spent the first two to three minutes, you know, wary of me hiding behind mom and dad. They'll take the item, put it in my hand or walk up to me and try to put it in my hand and like try to push it forward towards me as if to say, huh, this is yours. You know what to do with it. I don't, but I want to play with it. And so right there, boom, when that moment happens, when the child takes the initiative and makes a decision to come to me and leave the safety of what they feel is the safety of their parents and walks over to me and tries to get me to utilize this item or show them how this item should be used so that they can play with it. Then I've broken the ice with that child. Then I've said to that child in a nonverbal way in my nonverbal actions, I'm someone you can trust outside of mom and dad. I'm someone that you can come to. I'm not here to poke or prod you with a needle. I'm not here to make you do things that may be uncomfortable. I'm not one of those big, scary adults, but I'm someone who's here to play with you and have a good time and hopefully someone that you can learn to trust as we work through our different therapy goals. That's what my intention is when I come to the child. And so what I've just learned is sometimes when your traditional bubbles don't work, when the big yellow bright ball doesn't work, when all the trucks that do all the flips and turns and, you know, makes the vroom vroom sound, when none of those things work to engage a child who's wary of 
adults outside of mom and dad for, you know, maybe medical reasons, medical visits because of their diagnosis and how many specialists they may see throughout their week or month. Sometimes it's just these little quirky things that you wouldn't even think of could be the biggest icebreakers and really, really lower that resistance and that hesitancy of that child to allow you as the therapist now to go in and make progress or you as the parent, you don't feel like you're going to have so many wasted sessions of trying to warm your child up to the therapist. You know, whether they bring, whether you bring your child to a clinic to see a therapist or whether you're in a home-based program where the therapist comes to your house or even now, um, you know, today, in today's day and time post-COVID, if you're doing teletherapy sessions and you're trying to get your child to at least engage with the therapist over the computer. So again, I hope this was helpful. I will, um, Go look at some old receipts and see where I got these items specifically so I can try to put the link to the stores and maybe their websites in my description box. But again, I just wanted to let you guys know there's more out there that you can use to engage a child besides just balls, bubbles, trucks, cars, and baby dolls. Sometimes it's just like the little inexpensive party favors you find at some of these different um birthday party planning stores or the dollar store. So as I find more things that I feel would be successful, if I see the success of these different items with kids, I'll be back to make more videos about other items. So just to recap, I'm calling this the Monster Rubik's Cube. That's one of the items that I've seen some of my kiddos really, really gravitate towards. This paddle here. My spinner, that's what I'm calling it, the spinner here. And this is what I call a popper. I haven't really figured out how to make this thing pop and stick, so I'm still working on this one. So just let's go back to the other three. The Monster Rubik's Cube, the paddle, and the spinner. Again, um, make sure you like, share, and subscribe um, to my channel. Make sure you like this video. Share it if you think this would be helpful for other parents or therapists. And I will catch you all in the next one. Talk to you soon.